Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Our campaign is entitled Intersections. It's part of the World War Cthulhu Cold War series. Matthew Sanderson is our game master, and this is episode 11. I will be giving the recap as Dr. Jason Jacoby. So, without further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness. Notes from the Journal of Dr. Jason Jacoby, Biological Research Scientist. Update 1974020.2034. Summary. Priority 1, Section 46 Assignment. Continued investigation of Advertis Humanitatum groups within the Middle Eastern theater, specifically the cults associated with Daoleth and Yog Sothoth. Priority 2, CHQ Assignment, Vladim Kasikov. Investigation of leads provided followed by extraction from Istanbul. Priority 3, establish interpersonal relationship with Ichthyandrian presence in the Bosporus and Sea of Marmara and continue research. Priority 1, Review. Have established contact with a cult which refers to itself as the Disciples of the Tesseract and is associated with an entity known as Daleth. Entity is able to show trained cult members prescient information. The woman, Eigel, seems to be the leader. She says she will train me in this ability. I suspect that there is a more scientific interpretation of the experience, since she mentioned nothing about faith uh, as a prerequisite. I'm studying their religious text with the intention of asking this entity questions to assist us in stopping the nuclear trigger mentioned in Priority 2. Some of the other agents are following a lead concerning Ascension cultists who worship a rival deity known as Yog sothoth Apparently, they are the cause of the obliteration of the Brotherhood of the Skin. They believe that they can ascend to the level of gods if the city is cleansed of outside influence, specifically the followers of Daleth. Postgate is attempting to rescue a female member, but he may have revealed his hand prematurely. Priority 2 Review Having made contact with Kasikov, we are currently in the process of investigating the leads he gave us concerning his previous espionage. One of those sources was a prostitute at the Galata Bridge brothel. See Priority 3 for further information. Kasikov reluctantly divulged a plot to cause havoc worldwide, beginning with the detonation of a nuclear device on one of the docks of Istanbul. The trigger for this detonation is the arrival of a cargo ship, the Heart of Havana, from Cuba, sometime within the next few days. There is a strong suspicion that this event is intended by the Black Brotherhood to set off a nuclear war between the United States and the Soviet Union. CHQ has been alerted to this threat. Kasikov claims to have brought this threat to the attention of the Soviets, but that they rejected it as nonsense. Priority 3 Review I was able to identify the man on the airplane as Abdullah Beniji, a whoremonger and owner of the Galata Bridge brothel, where the prostitute mentioned above was located. Agent O'Sullivan and I visited the brothel in the guise of tourists. While O'Sullivan went upstairs to speak with the prostitute, I was able to make contact with Beniji. I am 
embarrassed to say that in many ways I made a fool of myself. Had I just asked him directly, the outcome may have been the same. He was more concerned with money than secret societies. To my great delight, I was able to speak directly to a female member of the Ichthyandrian race. She told me that we could further our conversation at a mansion in Rumeli Kava, where I intend on gaining further data for my book. As a form of trust, I explained my previous encounter with Jacob Marsh and offered my services as surgeon and biologist. In return, they told me of a perceived attack on their colony approximately two miles off the coast within the Bosporus. Apparently, a Soviet sub, a Victor II, had lowered something on a tether, possibly a listening device. The Ichthyandrians interpreted this as an attack and destroyed the sub. I promised to look into the matter. Having developed a rapport, I chose to inform them of the impending nuclear disaster. Upon reflection, I realized that I must not let the, my excitement cloud my judgment. At present, I'm dealing with a nefarious group within Ichthyandrian culture, whoremongers and the like. I'm hoping this segues into a more wholesome relationship with their people. I give this current situation a danger level of four out of five because of the possible nuclear event. I give the success rating of my own personal project three out of five. I'm excited to move forward at last after so much frustration, but I must bear in mind that for centuries, these people have shown a great deal of reticence in dealing with human society. I must tread cautiously. Thank you very much then, Tom. Right, so you are all on your wonderful, very frequented roof of your apartment. Um, Jacoby was the last uh, person to make it there. Otherwise, you, for the first time in a little while, you've all come back together and have been debriefing each other as to the various things that have been going on. So we will pick up back there. An assassin, really? Wow. Good shot. <laughs> That has me a little troubled. I don't know why the assassin was there necessarily. I don't, I, don't know. I don't know if he was tracking us, if we were the intended targets, or if he was already planning on taking out uh, the Turkish policeman. I, I was told that he does a lot of work for the um, the underworld. My assumption was that Ekmechi uh, sent him. Wasn't Ekmechi trying to get hold of him, though? Unsuccessfully. Mm -hmm. You've still got um, Bahidi with you um, on the roof, and she nods, saying that, yeah, that's... Suleiman was trying to reach him, but, but failed. The last... The last I heard, he was saying that he'd gone to visit a um, client of his, um, Abdullah. Are you saying that uh, that <laughs> the assassin may have been hired by somebody named Abdullah? Abdullah Benili? Um, so there's a little bit of a penny drop you can see almost happen um, behind her eyes. I know the name Benigi. Um, Abdullah Benigi is the 
the whoremonger, the pros, the, the pimp at the Galata Bridge uh, brothel. Okay, he, she blinks. She blinks a bit. I thought he was some. I thought he was involved in the fishing trade. Well, he's involved <laughs> with fish. You might say that. Well, yeah. I mean, one a, a friend of his asked me to do some work for him um, a, a little while, a little while ago. In fact, only a couple, a couple of days back. Um, wanted me to craft a golden pyramid for him. When you talk about a golden pyramid, is it a small thing like this? Oh God, no! It's about, it's about a foot across, a foot foot and a half wide. It's a huge amount of gold. Hmm. Did they say something about that at the party? <sighs> yep. Yeah. Remember that? overhearing that? Yes. Um. Well, one th- one thing at a time. We need to find out who was the target of the assassin. Then we should know who knows that we're involved. Um, if now Abdullah is once again a fairly common name, if why would the fishmonger, whoremonger, Beniji, be interested in assassinating, assassinating one of us? I wasn't there. I, in fact, was meeting with. Abdullah Benici in the whorehouse at the time. Seems like a very nice man for a whoremonger. I, I thought I was supposed to be the, the, the target that he was trying to recruit the, the hitman for. I think this was just someone he was knocking off for another client. He did shoot a police officer. Yeah, seems exactly the kind of person that uh, an underworld figure would want removed so perhaps what was he a high-ranking officer oh from what you know of uh your let's say friend in inverted commas um he is certainly an influential police officer he's not um matareji is moderately high-ranking but not right at the top, but he has a lot of strings he can pull. It's one of the reasons why Kazakov recruited him into, the, um, into his information network. There you go. Perhaps this policeman was the target and it's just a coincidence that that we're involved. Um, well, let's put it this way. If you had a nuclear weapon coming into your city and you had a very well-connected policeman who had connections to the underworld, and you wanted to, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, stop him from finding out about it. I mean, this would be the one person who would kind of have his finger on the pulse of what's going on. And if you take him out, then it kind of blinds your enemy, right? That's my assumption. Yeah, that sounds reasonable. Launch. I, th- I think I agree with Dr. Jacoby. It's it's just a coincidence that our people were there. Because yeah. if, my assumption is he, he's good enough hit where if he wanted to hit one of our people, they would have been hit and he wouldn't have to go through the policeman standing in front of them. That's that's a very good assumption. Apparently he's quite a well-trained assassin or rather right. was. It's not his first time at the rodeo, yeah. 
Yeah, given, uh, that, given Robert was there and were, you knew the layout of the room when the shot was fired, you're fairly certain that considering he had a slight downward angle, that yeah, he could have easily taken out you, he could have taken out the cop, he could have taken out um, Natalia, um, who also for the purpose of this has just taken a uh, quiet breather off to one side. Uh, but yeah, you were all visible through that window, but right. he specifically targeted the cop. You, right. you did very well to take him out because he uh, would have in return probably sold information to the person who hired him about the other people that were with the policeman, which would have been you. So you never or maybe he that. maybe he would have done y'all for free. <laughs> Just for the fun of it. Just yeah, they're standing there. Just go ahead and take them out too. Now if uh, if in fact my uh, my whoremonger friend uh, is behind that, uh, he may be more involved in the underworld than we at first suspect. However, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Well, we can find out. Well, perhaps we shouldn't. You know, if you're dealing with the mob boss in Chicago, best that you don't know that you're dealing with the mob boss in Chicago. I don't know if he's a bad man. We're talking about Mechi, right? We're talking about Benici, yeah. Or Benici. The, the, the pimp. Well. He's not a good person. No, he's not a good person. But uh, he'd be better the, world off with, the world is filled with non- Nice people. Uh, I, I think Eamon, maybe he brought like a bottle of whiskey up. Like, is it clear to us who shot the assassin? Like, did you guys fill us in on? Wasn't it Natalia that did it? Um, I think the assumption right now is that LeBeau did it. Okay. okay. I, th I think Eamon probably just kind of like does that little punch to the shoulder. And like, <laughs> good there. I wish I was there to see it. <laughs> it was a lucky shot on my shot on my behalf. I just fired three shots. <laughs> One of them had to hit. <laughs> I think he just pours like a little bit into like a glass and a couple of things and he's just like hands you one if you want it. And Yeah, absolutely. Calm on there a little bit. Chairs to good kill. I don't mean to embarrass you, Eamon, but uh, you weren't upstairs for very long. Uh Having a little physical problem there? <laughs> Can't, oh, I'd like to think so. I, I was actually quite surprised to find you here. I was actually, I'm actually apologetic that I, I felt like I left you there. I was distracted. But. I had to leave in a hurry. And he kind of like eyes you. He's like, my hot date, Suduka, she's uh, down in my room right now, actually. I brought her home with me. That costs extra, I imagine. It's going to cost a lot extra. More than I have. Um, <laughs> she's like, I actually like you to see her. And let's see if I do this in case. Is she injured? As soon as I, you know, she was locked in a room on the top floor. I don't know if that's common practice, but. So, so wait a minute, you, you brought her home here to introduce us all? Is this, is this like true love? You were in the cab, or I think with us in the way back, right? Like, I don't know if we've gotten quite there yet. She's kind of sitting there in a fetal position, rocking back and forth, hugging a pillow. She's gone a little mad. Uh, that doesn't sound good. She's... Well, 
Yeah, it, if I can help her to recover, um, I'd, I'd like to ask her some questions. She probably has quite a lot of information about what was going on at the brothel. And uh, I, I've, I've got my sources of information now, but... Uh, you know they're, the fish people are there, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can confirm... We have two different looks when we're talking. I can about confirm this. absolutely <laughs> that the fish people exist. Well, by her, I know too. We both know. They, okay, so they don't treat her well there or any of those girls. They take them to this place upriver. Ramelli Caval. Yeah. It's a mansion in Ramelli Caval. Yes, I'm, I'm now aware of it. I'm actually, it. I'm actually going to be meeting with more of the fish people there. <laughs> what? Uh, it, you know what they're fucking doing to them girls? They're, they're violating them in every way possible. They, they take them there for an initiation. They do bad things to them and bring them back. As soon as I closed the door, she jumped on me and told her to get her the hell out of there. They're worse. They do awful things. You should talk to her. I will. I, I, I understand. I mean... Do you understand? We're, that not, we're not talking about the mayor's daughter. We're talking about prostitutes. She's still a, a bad things happen. Yes, yes, absolutely. Bad things happen to prostitutes everywhere, all the time, in every society on the planet, mostly human society. So, so I we can understand. If you want to rescue your prostitute friend, that's that's it. not where our focus should be. This is nothing but a distraction. There could be ties. I'm. Tied. I'm interested only in my research, and but I'm not. I'm not completely. Well, you're along for this ride. You were chosen to come along, so your fish people. You take care of that on your own time. But we've got two other Absolutely. priorities. However, it does tie into my uh, a, my uh, uh, section forty six. It's the reason why I'm in section forty six to begin with. And mine, I I feel there's a connection to all of it. But I do, you understand, it's my third priority. My first priority Correct. is, of course, uh, uh, the cults, which I haven't, I haven't had much of a chance lately to, uh, to continue reading, but uh, we can find out what that's going on. Now, you were saying something about a rival cult of Yogg-Sothoth um, with... Um, uh, Suleiman involved, yes. Who was? Well, you. I'm. We're all together. So. Oh, you. Okay, I didn't know if it was you or you. I don't actually know who was involved in that. Maybe it was Postgate or. I'm the Edie as well, but she's keeping quiet and looking to Postgate. Um. Now, Matthew is Yog Sothoth a name that we would be familiar with since it comes up in so much old literature, you know. You'd be aware of the lurker at the threshold, the key and the gates, the various, the numerous names that are out Necronomicon there. Necronomicon references, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is the key, he is the gate, past, present, future, all are one in Yogg-Sothoth. So it's a revival of some old religion. At least that's the way my character would interpret it. Um, 
while while Jacoby's talking, can I pull Mr. Postgate aside for a small sidebar? Yeah, I don't see why not. Do you want us to? No, that's okay. I, I just um, I'm just going to say this quietly to to you, Henry. Um, I'm going to kind of like nudge, nod towards Bahid, and say, I don't know who she is. Is she safe to be here while we're talking about all this confidential secret stuff? Oh, um, did I did I not um, introduce her to no, you? I think so. Um, You've been clear. Not um, officially, but this um, this young woman is a what we might describe as an asset. Um, she is. Uh, An associate of Ekmechi's, who um, very much wants to get out of uh, out of his orbit, and has been providing me with uh, um, some some extremely useful information. So but if you if you'd rather carry on the conversation uh, without her present, I'd, I'd, I'd completely. Well, I just I, I just I just realized she was standing there and we're talking about nuclear weapons. I mean, I don't know if we should she, be doing that. I think Matthew will have to remind me, but I, I believe she was, um, is she aware of that? The, the, has she mentioned the nuclear thing? <coughs> uh, the only angle that she's uh, really filled you in on is the fact that uh, both her and to a greater extent Ekmechi want to ascend to become what she's referred to as ancient ones to become gods. Oh yes, yes, right. That uh, the, the nuclear angle is nothing that concerns, well, no, it's not that it doesn't concern her, because when you start throwing around words like nuclear weapons, end of the world and such, she definitely looks worried, but it's not anything that fits into any part of her plans. Okay. Um... Well, I think if that's the case, then I, I might um, ask her if she'd like to uh, um, go downstairs and make herself comfortable. Yeah, she um, she nods. Uh, any particular room? Um, well, we, we've got a lounge area down there. Um, mm -hmm. First floor. Yes, there's a there's a, a drinks cabinet and so forth down there, and um, I'll, I'll be down there shortly. It's just we have. Um, I'm sure you understand. We have some uh, official matters to discuss. Yeah, yes, certainly. Nothing that would, would um, in, in any way impinge upon uh, our agreement. Uh, that's that's good to know. Um, she looks between you all and does a kind of short wave and then heads downstairs. So basically, so basically Henry, you're, you're vouching for her? Um, to a modest extent, yes. Um, she's she's proving to be a, I think, a useful asset. Um, precisely how useful it remains to be seen, I think. Can, can we can we go through what is our priority for each of us? I feel like we're, we're kind of running in a lot of different directions. 
which is good. I mean, we're gathering information, but at the same time, like our, Jacoby, our, Jacoby, if your priority is your research, then that might not be the same as Somerton's. Well, as I say, that's my third priority. My first priority is, is section 46. We were given a mandate to uncover the various cults that were causing problems in Constantinople. So far, we've got Daoleth, we've got Yogg-Sothoth. Uh, we, we've uncovered what happened to the Brotherhood of the Skin. Uh, the uh, the Yogg-Sothothians uh, wiped them out because they didn't want any rival to mess up their ascension where they become gods. When um, you say Yogg-Sothoth, who are you referring to? Igmechi. Uh, uh, he had said that, uh, that that's who they worship. It's interesting, too, that Yogg-Sothoth is time and space, and Daoleth is also time and space. I guess what I meant was we have a series of cults that we know about, Brotherhood of the Skin, the Black Brotherhood, the Yogg-Sothoth. Is this a fifth cult that we're being... It's the one that I mentioned. I think this is the one that downstairs. was unnamed. The one that yeah. they couldn't pin down in the beginning. I think that's the Yogg-Sothoth cult. I, I've labeled them an ascension cult because they believe they're going to ascend to become gods. It's, it's a common thing in cults. that. You know, so according to my notes, we have Brotherhood of the Skin. We have the Black Brotherhood. We have the Disciples of the Tesseract. Right. And we have the Brotherhood of the Yellow Sign. And the yellow sign, we think they're just actors, but... So then this Yogg-Sotha then would be a fifth. That would be the fifth, yeah. The ones responsible for wiping out the other cults, or at least trying to. Right. So that's our first priority, is figuring out what's going on there and stopping them from doing it. Our second priority is CIA. It's uh, uh, figuring out who's involved with... uh, Kasikov and and uh, once we've confirmed that getting Kasikov out of the country because he wants that and we can bleed him for information and uh, stopping this nuclear event if it's actually going to happen other than that priorities after that are whatever your personal priorities are for me it's finding out about the fish people for Eamon, it's having sex with strange prostitutes. And... Oh, it's not even close to fucking right there. <laughs> <laughs> he laughs and I was like, we have different opinions on this. We're going to talk about it. <laughs> There's an evil there that probably should be eradicated all for the good. And it might tie in, but I'm not going to rush off. But I'm not going to wait forever either. So, Eamon, are you in agreement with Jacoby? Do you think the cult priority takes higher priority over the nuclear threat? Shit, how did I sound? That's because I was just talking to my wife. Um, basically, cult, nuclear thing? Yeah. Okay. I mean, nuclear. Off the top of my head, I mean, that can't happen. If that stopped, you can fish out the cults after that. Especially Agreed. If, if, you, if you stop the nuclear threat, it might draw out the enemy, which might be, you know, which might be some of them, might be some of the occultists. If you stop the threat, they'll come after whoever did it, and that would bring them out in the open, maybe. Agreed. At least least possibly make them careless enough to make a mistake and we could catch them. But that's just my opinion. And 
Summerton, you're, you've weighed in. So, Mr. Postgate, do you have a priority? Um, at the moment, my, my working assumption at the moment is that the nuclear threat and the cold threat are, are one and the same. No. Um, well, we think that it's the Black Brotherhood that's behind it. They are a cult. They yeah. could be linked. They could be linked. The danger is, is if it's the Black Brotherhood and their purpose is to create chaos, mm -hmm. do they really have a plan? If they're worshippers of chaos, plan doesn't seem to make any sense. They've got an idea that they're going to try to blow up everything, but they're probably willing to change their plan at the drop of a hat. You know, they'd just set the bomb off right now if they wanted to. Yeah, our lot that that whole thing blowing up Constantinople is our number one stopping it. You know, I'd I'd agree with that. Just how do we, do we have any evidence that the Black Brotherhood is behind the nuclear threat? <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know how they got associated with it. Um, I thought it's been. Uh, it was it was uh, it was uh, Kazakov who mentioned the Black Brotherhood. So it's his assumption. Now, how does he know about the Black Brotherhood? If it's not, if he hasn't heard in his rumor mill that it's the Black Brotherhood. Well, using using um, technology to create chaos certainly fits the the mo. Of their preferred uh, deity. You know, yeah, it means that we have another entity involved here, which is Nyarlathotep. That that isn't it. That is a name that's come up, hasn't it? Yes. Uh -huh. yeah, the crawling chaos. I would also like to know how H is involved in all this. We've darn near forgotten completely about H. She's been rather quiet for a bit. <laughs> Perhaps H is another entity that's involved in this whole thing. We are at the, I'm not gonna say it, the intersections of... <laughs> Where all of these well, things, Chris. Perfect, nailed it. We just had an assassination attempt on the police officer, and we just linked him to Ekmechi, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Who we think now is linked to this fifth cult tied with Yagsafov. Yes. Okay. So to me, I'm not seeing any other connection to the Black Brotherhood unless, like you say, unless it was Castle Cross who, who planted that seed. Which he may be a cult member. He may be a member of this Black Brotherhood and it's all just meant to distract us from the, the real danger. Well, that's what I'm, I'm kind of like trying to, we, we have so many threads here. I'm trying to like focus as to what do we know for certain versus hypothetical. So mm -hmm. you're right. He, he may be a cult member, but we don't know that. So I'm kind of like trying to force us to figure out, do we have a priority and do we have a direction to focus on 
or do we not? Do, do we just continue to keep spreading out and, and trying to just throw a wide net? Well, I think, I mean, one, one thing we need to bear in mind is that if Ekmechi was going to involve, um, engage an assassin to um, come after me or presumably the rest of us, um, if that assassin has been uh, dealt with, then um, the chances are he's going to engage someone else. Yeah, um, uh, I'm I'm a bit confused about something now. From what I understood you to say, Ekmechi was attempting to get a hold of uh, your assassin, uh, Aksoy. Aksoy, uh, and was unable. And that uh, the woman downstairs explained that Aksoy had been cons had gone to see uh, Benici, and that it was probably Benici who we know is a nefarious individual uh, who conscripted the uh, assassin to kill the policeman. Now for a, an underworld person like Benici to assassinate a policeman, that seems perfectly normal. I mean, well, I, I, I agree. Yes. I, I'm just saying that since the, since the assassin has now been um, slain, that uh, the chances are that uh, that magic if he still until if he intends to carry through on on his intention to uh, kill me and or us, um, will do so via a different assassin. I can't see him just giving up. He won't know what happened to Aksoy. Like nobody well, will you, know what happened. You say that, but he ha he does seem to have. Um, Oh uh, yes, lack of 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 knowing what, which makes me wonder why he didn't know that was going to happen. Oh, uh oh, he's frozen time. He's been filling. Oh, I thought that was a dramatic pause, and it was really no. <laughs> too. Perhaps he didn't know if there was going to. Perfect pause. Uh no, good point. If uh, if Ekmechi and Eigel are somehow involved in entities that can give them glimpses into the future, uh, didn't Henry say that uh, Ekmechi was? Uh, uh, didn't didn't Henry say that Ekmechi was quite surprised uh, because he was cloaked? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that he couldn't see him and that he was anticipating from having previously looked at him in the time stream that he would be meeting um, Postgate at a different point. So the fact that he had arrived now broke that, um, that divination. And Henry, I think you're back. Can you tell me again why you, why you think you were the target of the assassin? Um, well, because the uh, the woman who came to see me said that uh, he was engaging an assassin to uh, kill me. Oh, she, she flat out told you. I'm not sure who? whether she meant... Vahidi told you that directly? Yes, I'm not sure whether she meant specifically me or she said to kill you. 
I don't know whether that meant specifically me or whether that meant you as in us. Well, Henry, didn't you accidentally reveal yourself to Agmechi? Yes. So it would be understandable that he wants you out of the... Because if it was not Yog sothoth who cloaked you, then it must have been Daleth, and they're they're in absolute opposition to the. Well, I would I would presume presume that from his perspective that, that having knowing that I'm cloaked makes me a um, a rogue variable in his right. plan. Right. He can't predict what it is I'm going to do. So. Um, and in order to ascend, out of play. in order to ascend, all of these variables have to be taken out of the picture. Hence, Ekmechi having all of the cult members that existed other than his own assassinated. Well, as a consequence, I've, I've uh, broken with my, my, my usual tradition and um, I have armed myself. Um, I know it's not necessarily the done thing when on foreign soil, but um, I would prefer to stay alive if it's all possible. Let me bring up something else that uh, that may relate to all of this. Um, when I was at the brothel, I was amazingly able to speak directly to a member of the Ichthyandrian race, a female. Uh. And... Uh, she told me that uh, they have a colony approximately two miles off the coast uh, in the Bosporus, and that recently a Soviet uh, Victor II submarine uh, had, in their interpretation, attacked them. And they, uh, I, I hope I'm not making this up, that they destroyed the, the sub. I think I think their words were that they set a shog off on it. They they yeah they they destroyed the sub. Uh, given that uh, ability, as creatures that live under the sea, and the strength that they're uh, they must have mustered in order to do something like that, uh, and I may have overstepped, but. I did warn them of the nuclear problem that's that's occurring in the city. Um, it's possible with a little bit of coercion, with, with friendship, whatever, between us, if they could stop the heart of Havana mid-sea and keep it from ever arriving at port, then the trigger might not occur. Granted, the Brotherhood might blow up the bomb anyway, but... The trigger that we've heard about, the heart of Havana, may never reach port if we give them enough reason to stop it. Talking about working with those things now, making deals with them? I can't believe it. Why? It's, I, it's, I don't want to... He, <laughs> like he just slams his, he slams his whiskey and he just like turns away. He's just like, Fuck, I don't. Eamon. No, I don't know. You, oh. you're, you're, you're acting in a prejudicial manner against an yeah. entire race of creatures based on your experience with 
a few individuals. Extremely if, prejudiced. If they were to do that against us, you know, I'm not a bad person, you're not a bad person, but there are bad human beings that have done very terrible things to their people. So you can't judge the entire race by a few whoremongers and, uh, and, pro and, uh, and, you know, bad people. They have people too, probably more than we do, considering the size of the ocean, 70% of the earth's surface. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about this submarine. You, you know, the Victor two is a, is a nuclear submarine. Yes. Very powerful one. It, it's, um, I believe also armed with a, a complement of, um, cruise missiles. The, uh, the, um, the stallion cruise missile or, um, SSN-16. You know more about it than I do. In fact, if anyone uh, wants to give me an intro, I can give you a bit more on the Victor 2, which might be relevant. And, and what? Uh, the Victor 2 class submarine. Intelligence roll. Oh, 40 out of 80, I've got... That's, I, that's I don't on. think it's... I think Eamon's going to actually, after what Jacoby said, like... I think he's going to leave because he's frustrated. I got a nine. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, just to interject there, uh, I know Eamon's pissed off, but I'm going to try to put my hand on his shoulder and say, remember, I'm on your side. See? Yep. <laughs> Even though you're mad. And I'll come down and see your girlfriend in a little bit. It's not my fucking girlfriend. He slams the door. <laughs> Quite unlike you to be so concerned about mammals. Right, um, those of you that got a success, um, you're aware that the Victor 2, um, on a regular success, the Victor 2 is a um, known sort of staple of the Soviet Navy. Um, one of the main purposes or one of the main duties that it fulfilled was that it was um, to protect convoys, it was a good hunter-killer, that, that kind of thing. Um, on a hard success, so for the likes of uh, Postgate, it was really fucking loud. You could hear it so far away, it was ridiculous. It made it very easy to track. Um, Somerton, mm -hmm. because of the fact that it's so loud, um, you would be fairly sure that they wouldn't, uh, the Soviet Navy, this is, wouldn't just keep it in service without trying to do something about it. Um, when Jacoby mentions, uh, mentioned about the fact that they tried to um, descend a no, device to listen to it, um, potentially, that doesn't sound like anything a Victor 2 has. It sounds like maybe a modification. So this could be a prototype for a Victor 3 if they're trying to work on a way of trying to um, trying to make this thing quieter. Um, such, uh, such communication relays, if it was at a particularly um, low depth, or deep depth rather, um, it would make communications rather difficult. If they had a way to get a relay up to the surface, maybe like on a cable that would then float up the back, that would be a way that they could try and get communications to something on the surface. 
which could describe the gun. That could be kind of the tech that Jacoby is implying. Yes, I didn't understand what she meant. It meant nothing to me. I know nothing about submarines. So this kind of brings a new wrinkle to the whole nuclear threat. I'm, I don't think that Kasakoff's information is incorrect, but once he brought, you know, what if his own nation is the nuclear threat that he's speaking of? Which or what if, what if why they just told him to shut up about it? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, what if they knew that he was disgruntled and a possible defector and they started feeding him misinformation? That's definitely a possibility. Because I can't believe that the Turks would kind of, I mean, two miles offshore for such a noisy tin can as a Victor II, I can't believe that they, I mean, I'm not sure what the international border is from where you're in Turkish waters and when you're in international waters, but 10 bucks says the Soviets are skirting that line pretty tight and they're just on the side of being in the letter of the law as opposed to the spirit of the law when it comes to having nuclear submarines in, an, in, a, in, a, in another country. So I think that this, it just makes me doubt his information. I mean, we know, you know, the, the, the nuclear submarines still, nuclear weapons are still in the equation. This just changes the delivery method as opposed to the hard Havana and things of that nature. It still brings us close, you know, the, the, the doomsday clock is still edging closer and closer to midnight for this particular area, but uh, it also gives us a place to focus. May, may I make um, another observation? Absolutely. Um, so it's sort of ancillary to that. Um, if we, we are dealing with someone who has a capacity to uh, predict where people and or things are going to be at a given time, unless they're cloaked, um, would it not be possible for that person to be able to predict where one might find a nuclear device from a wrecked submarine and rendezvous with it? at a specific point in time? Theoretically, yes. Even, even in the case of this uh, Tesseract, asking yes or no questions, it's like a game of 20 questions. You ask the right questions, you can narrow down right. anything. You can pinpoint it. And I think the Victor too. I think that gives us a much better focal point for our questions, when it, whether it's Aigu or Ekmechi or whomever. 
I think that if I carefully work it, we might be able to make contact with and possibly even trust some of the fish people, not all of them, but some of them, same with human society. If they could offer us information concerning things going on in the water, submarines, ships, might be very useful. I wonder if they might be sensitive to the radiation or something where they could kind of tell if it's armed. I mean, I don't care if we're working with Aquaman and the Super Friends. I don't care who the fuck it is. You know, get your fish people going. Great. But I think we're on a clock here. And I think if you're going to do some magic with this, let's get it going. You know, they mentioned they, they perceived it as an attack. Um, from, uh, from biological research that I've read, uh, whales in the ocean, uh, at, the, at certain depths in the, in the, uh, in the water, uh, there are layers in water you see in the ocean, that whales are actually, actually able to communicate with one another 1,500 miles apart by bouncing their sound waves through this. I can imagine that if the uh, Victor II is as loud as you say that it is, that could be right. perceived as an attack. Uh, it well, it's like it's me. also like banging pots and pans in the kitchen, right? Exactly. Like, yeah. they're, they're not sneaking up on anybody. But then again, they may not have known that the Ichthians were there to begin with. But I think that they do because they're running around with a nuclear weapon and just so happens to have a bathysphere on it. That makes no sense whatsoever. It's, you're mixing my signals here. Are you, uh, are you research or are you war? Or are you one leading to the other? Me? No, just I'm saying that the, I'm speaking of the Russians. Oh. Uh, well. Because I, I've never heard of a bathoscope being on a Victor too. I mean, this could be something new that they're working on, but I, I just think we need to get moving here. If you want to go talk to your fish people and try to engage them in working with us on finding that sub, pinpointing it, letting us know what they're all about, seeing if are they coming closer, you know, I mean, I think we need to talk to Kazakov again. I think we need to reaffirm some of firm up some of his information. I think we need to share with him what we know, look for reactions, see if he changes his tack. Uh, the the clock is ticking here. Yeah. Um, one of the possibilities that came up when you were discussing it just now was, uh, is it possible that the Soviets are behind all this? They're the, they're the real nuclear threat. What if Kosikov is simply a plant to Ex mis misinform the CIA? Exactly. This could be one big distraction. They're dangling a big fish for us and hoping that we'll reel them in. But, you know, there's so much other chum in the water, if we're going to keep that metaphor, that I think we're getting confused. I think we're losing focus. And I think that we as a team need to get on the same page, figure out what our priorities are, and let's do it. We've been splitting up the team. Everybody's got their own damn thing that they're working on. And that's not what we're about, Section 46 or the CIA. Our valid point's just been raised there. Can everyone give me intelligence rolls again, please? Or tradecraft, whichever's better. Eight. 
I'm not there. Dang it. I just, oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, I got a regular success. Mm-hmm. Okay. We have lost the post gate. Mm-hmm. Spanish stopped playing with his crystal ball again. <laughs> Those of you with a regular success, then, yes, there's something about the fact of dangling a carrot in front of you. This is something. <laughs> is a bit too big to ignore. Somerton, with your, well, what I'm guessing there is an extreme on an 08. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, this, this does seem a bit too big to ignore. So if, if you look around the misinformation route, if you're going to jump on that, who is going to be the, per- who is the group that would have the most to gain when you are promoting an action or action that must be taken on Turkish soil to prevent a threat from somewhere outside. The Turks would, you know, we're basically becoming guardians for the Turks. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't they be the most ones to benefit instead of them doing their own work? They bring us in, have us do the work. If it's success, then they're great. But if we screw up, then we're on the hook and we have egg on our face. And it's it's a it's a national embarrassment. National embarrassment for who? If we fail, mm-hmm. it's national embarrassment for the United States. What about the group? Uh, what about the Turks? Because you're acting on their soil. Well, they have cult, they have deniability. They could just say, "Well, we didn't know they were here. They've they they're they've gone rogue. We didn't invite them in." I mean, that's a great way for them to kind of puff their chest out. It's like playing chess with a pigeon. They're going to knock the pi- they're going to knock the pieces over and still think that they've won. It's it's I'll leave that seed of um, thought in there for now because it might you might put something together from that later. But there's you're on to something. Okay. I'm wondering. I didn't get an 08, and in fact, I got a 92. So, but I just <laughs> I just want to. You fall asleep during the conversation. <laughs> I, just, I just want to add that uh, Somerton Matt might be insinuating that the Turkish people might have egg on their face if they're not aware of what's happening in their own backyard. And also, the well, to an extent that, but both the U.S. and now Turkey fairly recently are both members of NATO. Yes. You're supposed to be best buddies and best friends working in both each other's interests. If one does something to show up the other one, because you're not they're not gonna just let you operate in the country without permission, then if one thing bad happens to one of you, it's gonna bad happen to both of you. Mm. It took a lot of work to get Turkey in NATO. Something like that. If something really fucking bad went down and was a really big embarrassment, that house of cards could come down. Because their political structure is precarious at best anyway. Yes. Hmm. And if their political structure fell... Who would would, tend to benefit? It would make room for the The Soviets to move right in. they're, They're right there on the border. Exactly. They're across the northern border of Turkey. They would just invade or... 
They would step in to assist. I think that's the I think that's the euphemism we would look to maintain stability. Especially how kind, how, how kind of them? <laughs> how kind? Mm -hmm. It's a humanitarian mission. We just have tanks. Mm -hmm. This is why I'm a research scientist. I'm not interested in all of this complicated politics, but I can see what you're saying. I'm going to go downstairs and uh, examine uh, Mr. O'Sullivan's girlfriend. Okay. Um, has Eamon gone down to join her? Or... Uh, O'Sullivan did. Mm -hmm. right, in which case you find both of them in the, um, in the same apartment. Um, she is curled up in a fetal position on the bed, asleep. And Eamon, um, what are you doing in there? I think he expects her to be kind of uh, crazy or maybe awake, but he's relieved. So I think like the window is just open. He's probably taking off his shirt. He's just like sitting there smoking, looking out like the moonlight, if there's any moon out, right? Just mm -hmm. relaxing and trying to get calm. Um, that, that's where you find him, I guess. He's got the bottle. So I, I knock gently and come inside. And uh, I look over at you, Eamon, and then I walk over to her, and I very gently, she's asleep, I look at the fetal position, um, I very gently, I take her temperature, you know, I, I put my hand on her to see if she's hot, or... Uh, she doesn't appear feverish or ill, okay. she, physically she feels, as she looks and feels fine. Was she, uh, Eamon, was she wounded, or is she harm or anything wrong with her other than her mental state no she's looks like she's in decent health okay. um well i'm not sure what i can do until the morning when she wakes up that's fine i thought she'd still be awake i uh I uh, uh, I go over and I get a, a cloth, if there is such a thing, and I uh, I get some cool water on it, and uh, uh, I, I probably comment, you know, she's she's hot and or she's sweaty, and uh, you know, probably from her from her uh, running along with you from that place, and I just sort of you know gently wipe whatever I can and. Uh, uh, maybe listen to her heart or whatever just i can't do anything at this point but i can whatever i can do i'm really more more interested in showing you know well sullivan that i am not a cold-blooded monster i uh i think he's still looking out the window like not looking at you and he's he just takes a, a drag and he's like I'm surprised you didn't hear us making an escape and made such a loud bang there's actually some men that came after us that was you yeah the fire escape was broken uh, hurt myself caught her we ran for a cab no Something. they heard they heard you i heard you i didn't know it was you yeah and, and i figured that in a brothel you're probably going to hear noises occasionally yeah yeah uh, it was anything else well three men came after us and i, I cut one pretty deep made him back off then we got, yeah, the cab was, and got away 
That was Abdullah Banigi that you injured. That was the man himself? Yep. And I look at you and I say, and uh, I patched him up. <sighs> we seem to be, uh, we seem to be locked into a relationship, you and I, mm. on the opposite sides of something. I'm sorry. I, 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 I of course, know, suspect that Benici is uh, a bad person. He's a piece of shit. Anybody in that uh, profession is. Uh, I'm hoping that that's just a, it's a means to an end. I have no, when I say cooperate with these people, I'm, I'm, I'm more using them than anything else, especially people like that. Uh, what I, what looks like cooperation is, is manipulation. I'm sure there are good fish people out there. I'd like to meet them. But I would too, because both of my occurrences, the whorehouse and how they're treating the women there, and back in the States, which have to be a different set, not prejudicing them as a whole, neither of them have been good so far in my eyes. Well, let me just, uh, let me put forward the idea that if these people have been here for thousands, maybe millions of years, and human beings are almost completely unaware of them, then they're probably a relatively peaceful people, except on the fringes. And the fringes is the only thing that we're going to encounter, the bad ones on the edge. So yeah, you met some bad ones before and you've met some bad ones now. Most of them are probably just, you know, husband and wife and children playing in a little underground shell house. Um, I mean, with their little uh, sea monkeys and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He like flicks the cigarette out the window and he like throws out like a blanket on the floor. You can see him like making a bed on the floor in the room, and he's like, "It doesn't hurt to take care of the bad ones, though." Is all I'm saying. The families, I don't care. But the I ones are responsible for some bad shit. I mean, we're gonna have to pay a visit to the mansion. I don't know how it's gonna be, but. Well, we'll use them after that's done. I just have a score. Maybe that's it. Maybe I just have a score to settle. Well, I don't mind you settling your score. Make sure that uh, it doesn't affect my relationship with these people. Do it later. Okay, we'll see. Let's use, let's use them for what we can use them for. They don't try a frontal assault or anything too harsh, then I'll do best to hold me temper. Well, I'm not exactly sure when I'm going to go and see them again, but soon. We'll see. Well, did they get a look at you? You can trust me. You might want to take some muscle with you. And I don't know where Combs has been, so you might want to consider. Well, I consider bulking up ammunitions anyway, especially as we're getting further along to dangerous waters. We might all want to pack a little more heat for personal protection. Combs has a nasty habit of disappearing, and I don't know what that's all about. He seems to have disappeared again. And uh, Either way, you know how to use a gun? Of course. Uh, okay. I, uh, I don't have any real training in it. I mean, I had a few uh, weeks in uh, the CIA, CIA training school. 
Yeah, yeah. They show you the hard <laughs> stuff there. Fine. At least you won't shoot yourself easily. That's I just want to know. It's, it's just something I would consider putting forth to the group that maybe we need a few more, a few more toys to have at our side. Oh, I, I'm not going to carry a gun. You might want to reconsider, especially in the upcoming days if things are. I don't want we'll to say see. going nuclear, but if they are getting close, then you're going to need to be ready. Uh, uh, concerning that, I think that all we can do is go on with what we're doing in the hopes that we uncover this before the bomb goes off. Quite frankly, when the bomb goes off, we probably won't even know it. There'll be a flash of light and we'll be gone. That'll yeah, be well, that's fine. I don't know, but I'm exhausted now. Maybe we can start fresh in the morning. Maybe we can even make it back to the dreamland soon and find more answers there. Maybe we haven't explored that angle enough. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> if, if you need anything, if, you, if, if anything happens with the girl, uh, tell me and I'll, I'll, I'll help. Yeah, I want you to talk to her. I just want you to get her viewpoint and see what you think afterwards. Of course. Um, good night. And I leave. I give him a sucker, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you said like a sucker, like a hook. I thought he said no, like, I like a <laughs> No, I give you a little lime sucker. <laughs> All right, fine. I'll take it. Keep those for my special patients. <laughs> Very percussive night, night. I sleep on the floor in the room. Fair enough. Yep, she's out like a light. Uh, what time is it? Time for bed. Yeah. Given that you were going to the brothel during the evening uh -huh. and a lot of stuff has happened since then, yeah, it's pretty late night by now. Well, I am going to go to bed then. I would like to speak to Miss Fahidi tomorrow, gather more information from her, but we'll wait until tomorrow. Mm -hmm. All right. So I go to bed. Okay. Yep. Nighty-night. Fahidi uh, will come up to um, the roof and knock on the, uh, on the hatchway door up there just to try and get Postgate's attention. Uh, hope I'm not interrupting if you're still having um private discussions or no 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 it's it, it, it's all done please please come up oh okay um she so she heads her way back up to the roof um, i was going to say i'm probably going to have to head back to the tower um because if i'm gone too long he's going to start suspecting something yes of course yes so at least that's one benefit of me also being under a cloak that he can't just try and find where I am or find what I've been doing and he still trusts me so I will make good my uh, my good nights here and may I'll may be... ask just one one question before you uh, before you leave so anything yeah is Akhmetchi also cloaked yes I thought as much <laughs> yeah um, Aksoy myself and um, Akhmetchi were all uh, we're all cloaked, all brother, in Axel's case, was cloaked. Ah, that would explain why Akmechi couldn't find him. Yeah, she nods. That makes a lot of sense. Well, I'm sure we, I mean, we, we have um, our means of contacting each, each other if necessary. Yep, yeah, and like I say, I can come to you whenever I have chance. Just make sure you keep the uh, the orb with you. 
and then I'll be able to I'll be able to find you then, please. Yes, yes, I shall. And she looks back down at the red tie again and looks back up and just nods and says, and again, thanks. Don't mention it. Um, she reaches into her pocket at that point. Um, she, you can see a fist grab around something, and the same feeling of weightlessness starts to manifest. And she retreats into somewhere that is either just a few feet in front of you or many, many meters beyond. Space warps, folds, and then she is gone. On that note, I think I'll go to bed then. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, can, well, everyone heads off to, to sleep. I take it, Lebeau, um, unless you have anything else you want uh, you want to do? It sounds, it sounds like you're the last one up. Yeah, I, I didn't necessarily know I was going to go to bed. Um, I was just... <laughs> I was picturing I was just sitting quietly on the rooftop and I just saw this lady just vanish in front of my eyes. So, yeah, no kidding. Um, I'm a little bit freaked out by that and I'm a little bit still like there's a nuclear threat. Should we be going to bed? Um, Gotta sleep sometime. <laughs> Can't survive well, on a patterns all the time. Yep, I'll look around and see that nobody's up on the roof and I'll head back to my room. Okay. Eamon, can you give me a power roll, please? Uh, here we go. <laughs> you just got to say it, apparently. Um, I, I rolled a 17 out of 50. That is a hard. Okay, right. So you have you, you, have, you retain control. But, um, when you lie down, obviously, sweet oblivion passes over you. The bed's rather hard. In fact, rock hard. Yeah. Um, finally, when you when you try and turn over, you realise that there's no give. It's it is stone. Um, you open your eyes and find yourself lying on this uh, stone rocky floor. Um, there's grey clouds overhead, and it's very overcast. Um, ahead of you, there is a tower that rises up into the sky made of, uh, made of gray stone and a blue shaft of light emerging from the top of it and going up into the sky where the clouds part around it and just shoots up into, um, into darkness. Um, coming, walking towards you in well, tattered, but definitely ragged yellow silk robes with this yellow veil um, over her face um, is a figure that you recognize. Um, there's a curl of a smile that just um, graces the edge of her lips. And she says, you know, you keep talking about me. You can talk to me if you want to. I'm apparently not aware that I keep doing that. Um, I didn't say your name. I said the Dreamlands. I must that you're one and the same. Maybe you're reading me mine subconsciously way down in there. I don't know. I haven't really had time, but I guess here I am. Am I supposed to be uh, talking to you? Are you? Well, I guess so. I've had my own things in my mind. I haven't thought about uh, larger scale things in a couple of days now. 
but we were we were just thinking about you. I'm surprised uh, no one else is here. Well, certain of your rest of your little cabal don't want to interact with me at all. But certain uh, completely refuse to interact with me on any level. Well, I'm not really sure what to think myself. I guess I was just, I don't hate you, but I don't really know what you are, so it doesn't mean I really like you. And uh, I just know if uh, they should be here right now. Hmm. I'm sorry, I have no, Eamon has no idea what he <laughs> should be asking here right now. It's like there's just so much <laughs> stuff going on. I guess, wait a minute, wait, wait, actually, actually, I'm gonna think real quick. He's like, so, there's a nuclear warhead moving into Istanbul. What you know about that? Is that? I'm definitely, I, I'm gonna be looking for signs of her lying. If okay. Oh, you can give me a psychology roll. Yeah. That's a 50, so uh, 27 out of 50. Mm -hmm. uh, she's not lying. Um, she's more turning it back on yourself and trying to get you to question your, in your intel. Question the intel? Mm -hmm. That's the same. Is it? Are you sure? Pretty positive. Do you know where it's at? That implies that does it, does it exist? I believe so. Well, if you believe so, then you might be in for a disappointment. How so? What if it doesn't show up? I can only consider that a good thing because that means it's not going to detonate and kill possibly millions of people. But if there is one heading our way, I would like to know. <laughs> There's something heading your way, but it's not a bomb. All right. Are we going to be all cryptic all night? Or I won't be sleeping forever, so maybe you want to just tell me. What are you prepared to give me for the answer? <laughs> Again, Eamon's not laughing. I am. <clears throat> I can tell you what it is, but I'm going to ask for something. I don't know what I have that I could offer someone like you the smile just gets wider and wider all i will ask is one let's say one minute of your time and when would that be and where would that be of my choosing And that's it. That's all the details I'm going to get. That's all you need. <laughs> what a devil's bargain we got here. Oh, man. I can't possibly say no. I can't say no. Sorry, Eamon. <clears throat> <laughs> Is there any stipulations like I don't have to hurt my own people and things like that? Wouldn't be you doing it. Would you be using me my body to hurt the people that I, I care about. I, I would prefer not to. Like I said, it wouldn't be you doing it. It'd be one moment of your time that would then be my time. 
you know, I think I'd like to sleep on it. Funnily enough, that's what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> he got me there. Um, I'm going to think on it. Okay. I think you know how you can contact me. I think I do. Night, night. Uh, you suddenly find the floor just falls away from you and it's falling into oblivion. Um, in that couple of seconds of shit as you fall back, uh, <laughs> you find yourself flaying flat on the bed again with a squeak of uh, mattress springs. And you find I'm yourself. At, so I'm not on the floor, I'm on the bed? Yes, um, you're actually laying next to that. Um, she is also completely asleep. She's still asleep? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I will he'll breathe. Thank you, probably see him for a moment, just like breathing deeply, thinking about it, and then he'll probably move back to the floor and like tuck his head on, a, on a, like a roll of whatever small pillow he has. Probably doesn't sleep right away, but it's just like looking out the window and like, yeah, I think that's it. Eventually we'll drift back off to normal sleep, hopefully. Yep. After that, you return back to normal sleeping without any problem. But maybe with a faint hint that somewhere in the corner of the room that someone is watching you. Yeah. Hooray. <laughs> Otherwise, morning. So you're able to, you all wake up otherwise with uninterrupted sleep. How, how will my injuries heal? Uh, normally at the rate of one per day. Okay. Is that, do I need to wait 24 hours actually, or the next morning would I get one? No, I'll, I'll be a generous keeper. I'll say that by the next <laughs> morning you could, have, uh, you could have regained one. And also, as you've now come round to a, um, a new day, we can refresh luck. So if you want to do a luck, luck improvement check, you can do at this point. And we want to fail the roll, right? Like roll higher? Failure equals gaining 1d10. Success, no gain. 97. Thank you, Matthew. That was fun. That's very. <laughs> 10. There you go. That was a lucky trip. <laughs> Matthew, is it possible to go above our beginning luck? Yes. It's a fluid figure. It's just it starts at that amount and then it can go up and down as, as okay. required. One over. Right. Um, when you wake, who's let's say, who wants to be the first to wake up in the morning? I will. Okay. Um, you wake, and just as you're um, getting dressed, you hear a relatively faint knock at the front door. Just a moment, please. I get up, I put back on all my clothes, my lab coat, and I, uh, I open up the door. Mm -hmm. uh, you open up, there's a courier outside. Um, he's just holding a, he's holding a plain envelope. Right. Says this apparently for the, um, for the occupants, yep, can I have a signature, blah, blah, blah. Thank you. Yep, just hands you the letter. Okay, I'll uh, open it and pull it out. Um, I don't have a handout for this, it's fairly short. Okay. Um, your presence is requested at the Park Hotel. Um, it gives room uh, 333 and the name of 
I never pronounce his name, uh, Fra or Frere, uh, the Frenchman that you met on your first night in town, saying that a uh, mutual friend has passed you this address. Does it give a time? Uh, saying at your earliest convenience. I'm going to assume it's written to all of us. So I will wait and share this with everybody as soon as they're up. And uh, I stand for a few moments and listen for the dolphin call, but I don't hear it. Those bottlenose dolphins are uh, a long way from here. So eventually I get up, I make myself some coffee, um, or I put the pot on. And everybody will part, probably smell the coffee cooking, co mm -hmm. boil brewing. Yep. So the, the the smell does waft nicely through the apartment. I pour a cup and I sit down in the common room, common area. Mm -hmm. okay, we can cut forward. Say, have a quick Wait montage of breakfast if you like, and then everyone together. Do you want to? If you're going to be discussing things, do you want to meet in the common area or do you want to head up to the uh, the favorite roof spot? Well, before we even head up, I just show everybody the, the letter. I don't read it out loud. I gotta figure out what to do with my guest. Yeah, that's what I was just gonna ask you. And Miss, uh, Miss also Miss uh, Vahidi, where is she this morning? Uh, she left last night, I think. Mm. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, darn, I was going to talk to her. Um, Eamon, how is your your guest? Like, uh, oh, I think she's... Well, actually, I don't know. Is she still out like a light? Yep, uh, she is out cold. Well, not out cold, but definitely she is. But let's say snoring very gently. She's still well, in the pound right now. Let's put together a breakfast plate for her and set it next to her so that she has some food when she wakens. I can't take her back to where she was, but I know she can't stay here for either. Not exactly sure where she should go. There's, there's only one point of concern with that, is that we walked in together, and they know who I am. Yeah, I can't show my face around there again. <laughs> well, they rather easily could have put together who you are. Well, your association with me. If it comes down to it, I can say you were just a random stranger I picked up off the street in order to uh, gain entry. But uh, <laughs> After going back there talking to them, I guess, you know, whatever. But I guess showing up at the mansion with you, that might be problematic. I don't think that should happen, yeah. Um, it, it doesn't matter about that part of it anyway. Like, do you think the consulate would be fine? Take her there, they find her a place? I mean, can I, would I know that? Should that be something? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Bennett would be someone who would be able to take her in if you wanted to give her over to, again, another um, operative in the agency. Well, like, or they could arrange a safe house. There's, there's options definitely available to you, and they would all be involved in going through the consulate. Okay. Uh, we have a, a, a great deal to talk to her about, to, to, to ask her about before we do something like that. But, um, I just don't know if we're leaving right now, can we, 
and like the trust is will she stay there will she be safe here you know here do you think she can read maybe you could leave her a message please stay enjoy your breakfast we'll be back soon yeah i'll, I'll, handle, I'll handle it i'll do something like that a note or wake her up real briefly and tell her something like that leave her breakfast we'll be back in a couple hours stay mm-hmm. here restrooms there and uh-huh. uh, don't open the window don't go outside <laughs> you know maybe <laughs> right okay. um give me a luck roll me yeah all right with newfound luck let's do your it. girlfriend <laughs> uh i passed 45. okay in which case uh, you wake her up um, she kind of groggily gets up. You go show around to say, like, you know, washroom's that way. Here's that. Here's breakfast set for you. If you have any problems, then say X, Y, and Z, basically showing her around. When you um, are doing so, she stops for a second and just looks at the door, at the back of the door, particularly, and just raises an eyebrow, but then seems to sort of shake it off and move on. What? Which door? Uh, the door that leads into your apartment. Um, mm-hmm. As I mentioned, when you first started looking around and um, first went to the apartment um, on your first day in town, um, on the back of each door, there is a business card um, pinned to it that says, in the event of any problems like electrical faults, etc., or any, um, any issues, oh. please contact this number. For, uh, for a repairman to come out to you. And it has uh, Sarah Letting as the logo across the top. So I noticed her noticing that business card. Yeah. Okay. Mm, <laughs> What's the logo that you said was across the top? Sarah Letting. Oh, Sarah Letting. Okay. Yeah, well, basically the letting agency now. that owned the building. Okay. Yeah, you just happen to notice that. Okay. Yeah, I know. Okay. Well, she knows the number. She might know the number from before. Okay. Well, I'll keep that in the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. And she cool though, sticking around and. Oh yeah, yeah. She she is not going anywhere. Um, she is quite happy to lay low. Um, she's had the best night's sleep that she has had in a long time. So yeah, she's quite happy just to stay here, get some rest, and generally lay low. Yep. This is the second time that someone has actually noticed the back of the door. I can't remember who the first person was, but this is ringing a bell where someone else looked at the back of the door and actually recognized the phone number that it had been used before or they had dialed it before. Um, the you're right on one count. It is that the number has turned up, but it's turned up in different locations. Yeah. Um, the number, oh, okay. the number is the same one that Kazakov gave you to say this is the number you will call to get in touch with me, where you can leave a message and then. Got it. it. Well, I don't really find a harm in leaving it there. It's just part of the scenery, so, and technically it's in, it's coded, so I just you know I don't do anything, mm-hmm. and I'll be. But I will, of course, be packing, and I'm ready to go with the brands when they're ready to go. I'm sorry, Matthew, what was, it? What was the name of the again? Savon? Savon Letting, which is, I believe it's S-E-H-R-A-N. 
I'm wondering if Jeff was thinking the same thing I was. Well, I mean, if that's if that's our lead to Kazakov, maybe we should look into that. Yeah, possibly. Kazakov had his fingers in a whole bunch of different pots, so. The H and the R's the other way around. Um, S-E-R-H-A-N. Sirhan, Sirhan. Yeah. All right, what do you want to do? Well, I think we're going to head to the Park Hotel, room 333. Uh -huh. Okay, um, the Park Hotel is one of the, again, grandest hotels um, in town. Um, renowned during the 50s and the late part of the Second World War as being the place that spies uh, met. Uh, this was a haunt particularly for the likes of Kim Philby um, and other such big names in the spy game that operated in town at that point. Um, you're quite easily able to get into the lobby. Um, there's a concierge, the reception desk, etc. You can walk straight through. Um, and the elevators are at the end, um, the back end of the lobby. That's in third level, third floor. That's it. Okay. Uh, is anyone packing on the way then? Wait, as in bringing guns, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes, I, I'm carrying a handgun. And got a knife. All right, so Jacoby's the only one that's not. I have tweezers. Uh, never know, might be helpful. I should have got an extra handgun for him. Okay, soon enough. Um, when the lift door opens, you notice the third floor is fairly, I was going to say quiet, in the sense that there's not many people around. But can I have a listen roll, please? <laughs> Normal pass. Uh -huh. 91, bam. 37 out of 40, so I, I just made it. Okay. Seven, so out of, seven out of 20. Ooh. You're doing pretty good there. <laughs> you and I tied there, Ian. Okay. In which case, then, um, sounds like Eamon doesn't hear anything. Um, Jacoby and Postgate, you think you hear music coming from somewhere. Someone's either got a, a record uh, a gramophone or radio playing somewhere. There's classical music. Mm. Uh, Summerton and LeBeau, that isn't a recording. Someone's got a live band up here, or rather a live orchestra. You can hear a waltz playing. Well, that makes sense if this is the talent scout that we met earlier. He may be, he may have his, some pe sometimes people work out of hotels. He may have his office here. They may be up here auditioning. Mm -hmm. No idea. Yeah. Uh, the, the music does indeed seem to be coming from the direction of room 333. We're walking. Okay. The how door's there. Is anyone knocking? How did this person know where we were? Anybody? 
I'm just looking around. No clue. Okay. Mm. Our names are getting around. We've been all over the place. Remember that he probably thinks that we are agents for uh, the Eastern, uh, whatever we called ourselves originally. Um, how did how did he know we were at this businessman? I don't know. We yeah we've okay. We've not our we're on guard. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. <laughs> I'm guard. All right. I'm knocking the door. Okay. As soon as you knock, well, after the third knock, the music cuts as if everyone that's playing an instrument on the other side just stops. Um, you can hear some padded footsteps come across the, the floor on the other side of the door. Door opens, and there's the uh, the delightful Frenchman with his hair uh, combed back. Ah, good, my uh, dear friends. Would you like uh, to come in? I've just got a just got a pot of coffee from uh, room service. Is this Benjamin Fogg? Indeed, yes. Okay. I look over his shoulder. Do I see the musicians? Nope. Uh, he has a large, it seems to me this is the entrance into a suite of rooms, though. Um, there's a communal area that you can see a number of doors coming off. Hmm. Where's the orchestra? Sorry? The music we heard in the hallway. Oh, the music. Sorry, I'm just just radio. Really? Mm-hmm. You've got a good sound uh, system. Is there a radio in the room? Uh, looking around, you can't see one. <laughs> please, 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 please come in. We've got a, I've got uh, just a couple of questions for you. If it's not too. Uh, not too uh, arduous a problem. Hopefully this shouldn't take long. I'm gonna stay by the door and just watch the other doors. Mm-hmm. Uh, give me a spot hidden roll. Oh. I rolled a four. Okay, so quite, uh, quite a good degree of success. The, the doors leading into the other rooms, they're interior rooms, so they haven't got um, windows in, or at least it doesn't seem to be because they're quite dark inside. Um, you could scan over them thinking, oh, they're just, they're just dark rooms. And then it's not so much that something moves in the dark, but you realize that someone's looking back at you. Wearing, um, just, on, just behind, just on the other side of the door, stood in the, on the very edge of the light. Um, this figure in a long, flowing ball gown dress with this white mask that's be- almost speechless apart from the eyes and just st- stood like a statue looking at you. Holy crap, that's scary. It's just one room, right? One of the rooms? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the door is open to this room then? It's, it's partially open, so you're seeing through basically a, a slight crack. But she's just, um, seemed definitely female, but just stood motionless looking at you with these wide open eyes. Looking at me? Seems to be that your your eyes are blocked with hers. I'll just sit there and watch it for a minute because I'm sure like they're kind of like coming into the room maybe and starting to talk to this guy. I don't know. Mm -hmm. If you you keep looking at her, all she does after about 10 or 15 seconds is just raise 
to her lip and then just pulls back into shadow and is gone. Why do I keep seeing this stuff? Why do I keep seeing it? All right, I'll, I'll just, I'll think about that for a second while you guys move on for, damn it. Um, otherwise, Freya moves over to a table that's in the, uh, a nice onyx top table where he's got a uh, silver platter with various cups. It seems as though he's laid out more cups than, a, um, or he's ordered more cups than he needed. He starts pouring coffee into each one. I hope you like it strong. I'm a, definitely, I, lo I love Turkish coffee. It's, it's exactly the kind of thing that we should uh, we should have more of back home. Agreed. Where is home? Oh, just outside Paris. Anyway, um, I say I hope I wasn't inter um, interrupting anything. I, I don't want this to take too long, but hopefully at least enough time to enjoy a nice cup of coffee. Um, my uh, good friend Merton popped by um, a little while yesterday. Merton Gazi, yeah. Yes, yes. Thank you. Lo lovely young lady. Um, and said I should probably get in touch with you as you might have had a lead on, um, on that little problem I came to you with. Um, seeing if you could help me out finding the, uh, the man I'm looking for. I was hoping that uh, you may have come to myself anyway, that you might have been on your way here, but I thought, hey, why not? I'd get in, get in touch with you in case you didn't know where I was and that, that kind of thing. Why would you think we're on our way here? I'm, honestly, I can't remember who we, what we said that we would, I remember there was somebody who we were going to look into the consulate, was it? He was looking for a man in his 50s from the American consulate claims to want to bring proceedings against him for assault from last year, and he seemed oh. angry. That's right. Yep, 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 yep. Well remembered. Yeah. Well, that was fun. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, like I say, um, have you had any luck finding him? Uh, according to Norton, it seemed like you'd had some, uh, some progress on the matter. He starts going over the description again. Postgate's the one that's met him the most. He's describing Ekmechi. Mm. Oh, I imagine he would. His, so his description is rather general and vague. So the guys say mostly bold, so receding, uh, receding hairline around his edges, well, uh, well trimmed beard. Could be one in. 10,000, but it just seems a bit too much of a coincidence that after obviously you've met him now, and that if this man is connected with the um, wider interests. So, um, like I said, I was just hoping that maybe if, um, if Norton was right, that you'd be on your way to talk to me anyway. Um, as I did say, I'd be rather see, helpful and rather pleased if you were able to help me out. So I was just wondering if, if this was true or not. I'm very much hoping it is. And he has this beaming smile as he looks between each of you, trying to get some kind of read out of you. I'm just going to sit there remaining in, completely impassive. I'm afraid, I'm afraid oh. Miss Norton might have misinformed you. And he frowns a bit there. Really? I don't, I don't think we've come across the year person that you're looking for. 
he starts looking, say, post-gates, poker-faced, Laveau said that. How are uh, Jacoby, Eamon, and Somerton reacting to this? Well, I'm not sure I was really involved in the... I don't remember when this conversation took place. I didn't make any... I made some notes, but... This this was at the party before we went to the Dreamlands. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, it, wasn't it at the restaurant? The restaurant in the Parapalis Hotel, yes. Parapalis Hotel. We met everybody that we had to meet. Right, and he was there with a lady, I think, at the time. Right. And then everyone kind of left, and he hung back, and then he got our attention at the table and then asked us to look into this forum, mm-hmm. which I think we basically ignored. <laughs> things. I mean, I mean, if he's looking for Ekmechi, you know, is this, this is, this, it, it, you know, we've, we've got, you know, players from all the cults here. You know, is this another player joining the field, mm-hmm. right? Because Ekmechi, he's, you know, he's not on our side. Let's put it that way. I mean, do we want to put these two together and just let them fight it out and see what happens? Oh, yeah. I mean, what? To I mean, be Ekme- perfect. Oh, go ahead. I mean, Ekmechi is powerful as we've, you know, out of game, as we've seen with, with Henry, you know, and – you know, I, I don't have any allegiances. I don't mind rolling over and giving him Ekmechi if that's who he's working, if that's who he's truly looking for. Well, we're supposed to try to defuse and, and, and undo any cult activity that might involve ultimately civilians and causing a fight between two cults might be disastrous. Um, I'm going to say, uh, Mr. F- F- How's it pronounced? Fari? Far? Uh, is it Foray? Foray. Uh, 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 so, uh, the way I phonetically wrote, uh, wrote it down is F O O U R. So, Fur. Fur. To be perfectly honest, Mr. Fur, uh, I, 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 I remember your request. However, we're, we're rather busy individuals and we haven't really pursued this very, very vigorously. Um, to be honest, I don't, I don't recall anything like this. Uh, sorry to disappoint you. Mm. You can see he's definitely a frown is uh, creeping onto his, his face now. Tell me the name of the man you're looking for. Well, that's the problem. I don't know the name. All I have was all I have is the description, and I believe from what little piece of information I can obtain that he was connected in some way with the American consulate. Um, unfortunately, your description is vague enough that it could apply to ninety percent of the male population in uh, Turkey. Yeah, he he shrugs. Um, unfortunately, I'm I'm aware. It's just I was hoping, like like I said in our first encounter, that if you were say, new in town and were talking with various people connected with the American consulate that you'd be in the best position to help find. Um, well, um, now, uh, to the GM, is there is there anybody at the American consulate? Ekmechi's not part of the consulate, though, is he? No, he's not. He's part of the university. But if he's been taking meetings there, maybe that's the, the, the hat drop here that, uh, you know, someone someone 
has seen Ekmechi going into the American consulate. That's the big reveal here. Maybe. The two buildings are fairly close together. So there's certainly, it would be very easy for him to go into such a place. Well, it could be, it could be so many different people. Uh, professor of the university or uh, just, and, so, and uh, please refresh our memory. What was it the encounter that you had? You bumped into him or? He, he sighs. Uh, this was last year, um, around the time of the Assemble Festival. Um, as I mentioned before, I'm a um, humble talent scout here looking for actors to help um, perform works back in Paris. And I was confronted by this individual who somewhat um, xenophobically demanded that someone of my, um, of my ilk and my background should leave his city and never darken his door again. Um, this led to a, an altercation. Not only was uh, I physically assaulted, but I believe my pride was very much damaged and I demand satisfaction from this individual. So I seriously doubt that this person was offended by your talent scouting, uh, ta your uh, occupation. Perhaps there's something else that you dabble in, something else maybe a little bit more esoteric that this person might have been offended by? He kind of narrows his eyes, not in a hostile way, but more of a curious, but I don't see how, how he would know anything about me. He just came out of the crowd and attacked me. Mm -hmm. I've, I've never met him up until that point. Can I interrupt real quick, Matthew? Uh, yeah. I, I was catching the eye of Eamon, and uh, mm -hmm. uh, we each kind of nodded to each other with the same idea that as they're talking, we're going to kind of just fan towards the back of the rooms and just kind of like try to look into the other rooms. Okay. Um, give me a spot hidden roll. Just him or both? Uh, both of you. Yeah, I, I kind of thought, I was trying to nod towards that room in particular, the one that the... Uh, but whatever, as long as you know. Um, yeah, you can angle toward. You can angle towards that room. Um, spot where? Jeez, no. I missed by seven. I did fifty-seven. Spend okay. that luck. I'm spending it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> you know, I I don't make it, but it's okay because that room is my goal. That's where I saw it. So I'm okay. not the luck on that. It's twelve. I don't want to burn that much right now. No, just fine. just tippy toe. In which case, Eamon's looking in there, probably more concerned about someone being in a mask and a ball gown in there, and looking <laughs> around for people in there. Whereas, LeBeau, you look into the room, and it seems like it's um, one of the larger bedrooms. Um, there's a four-poster bed in there. It's very plush. It seems to be the, the room that he's living in, or he's sleeping in, because the, uh, the bed is unmade. Um, there's, uh, there's a suitcase in one corner. There's some clothes hanging in the wardrobe that's, uh, that's open. But you do notice on the bedside table, I mean, all the lights are off in here, so it's only the light coming in through the door that um, mm -hmm. you can see it can find. Um, but there is a book on the bedside table, which you spot. Um, do you speak French? Hmm. With a name like Lebeau, you would think I would. Uh, I only have 20%, so I do. That's still pretty good. That's <laughs> not very well. 
that's that's enough to read. It's it's kind of half, almost halfway, a little over halfway to being conversational French. Um, so you can translate the um, the cover. That's all these the name written on the spine. Uh, Le Roy en Jean is the king in yellow. Oh bloody hell! Oh, oh I I figured this out already. <laughs> I wonder if that's my girlfriend, my other girlfriend. That's uh. In the ground. Mm. My dream girlfriend. Mm -hmm. So yes. while they're doing this, I assume we're still talking, maintaining <laughs> eye contact. Yeah. He, yeah. He's not, yeah. you know, no. looking over my shoulder to see what my friends are doing. <laughs> no, if, if anything, he's kind, of, he's, kind of, he's kind of got his head kind of hung low and he's just shaking it. Think this is, I, I just don't know what to say. I, I'm, I've had a couple of, a uh, couple of very good days. A um, couple of uh, very interesting and very forthright discussions with Merton. I'm surprised that she's got the situation so wrong. And I'll, I'll step forward again and say, um, when when did she tell you this? Yesterday? Last night. Last night. Yeah, she came to my uh, came to my room fairly uh, fairly late, so I, I rushed down to the concierge to get a courier to um, to your address as fast as I could this morning seems to be for nothing and she told you our address yes mm -hmm. well, he, he again he just shakes his head then I it's evident that you unfortunately have no information to provide me with so I don't see that I should keep you any longer but by all means finish the coffee if you wish but he just sits down in the chair Somewhat deflated, and the uh, kind of perky image that he had when he opened the door is very, very much gone. And he just sits down in the chair, almost defeated. Yeah, I'm just going to uh, continue pushing forward and say, uh, I'm sorry it didn't work out. I do, I think we'll definitely keep our ears and eyes open in case we do hear anything, but uh, we probably should get back to our business. Anything in that room? Anything yeah. in that room? That room? Is there... Are you asking him that or? No, you. All right, okay. Um, no, so apart from what I've already uh, described, you couldn't see anyone in there. I mean, there is a door to an ensuite that's um, kind of partially cracked, but again, that's even darker than the, um, than the main part of the bedroom. If there was anyone in there, that would be the only place that they could have potentially hidden. Ball gown, the white mask. Mm -hmm. I don't want this guy to really catch me like going through his crap. <laughs> yeah, you would be pretty much going into his bedroom. It's uh, not going to be easy to hide that. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, we're sorry that we couldn't help you. Um, if anything comes to us, we'll be sure in contact now that we know where you are. Is this where you live while you're here? Wow. <laughs> it's where I'm staying. I wouldn't where say I'll live. Live is live is a more permanent. How uh, long how long will you be here? Until I can find him. Hmm. Until is, I that, run out. is that important to you, a man who insulted you a year ago? For me, yes. This is this is a matter of honor. And a you've been you've been here a year? 
Oh no, no, no! I've only been I've only been in town about a week. Okay, okay. So you went back to Paris to kind of lick your wounds over this insult. Well, and also we have work to do. And like I said, the, the um, we had a production that was gearing up towards the November, November time last year. It's only it's just about winding down now, so I've got the free time to be able to pursue this again. Oh, what what production is that? Hmm? What production well, are you working on? I just an avant-garde piece, uh, The Repairer of Reputations. Little, little known uh, play by a man called Hildred Castain. Mm. Jeez, that sounds really familiar to me. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that as Tom. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm, I'm going to make an occult role just for the heck of it. Okay. I make my way to the front door and open it. Okay, yeah, you you open the front door. No one's stopping you. Yep. <laughs> He's just sitting there dejected in his chair. I don't, no think, I don't think my other spy mates took my hint very well, so... We'll, we'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll step out with you, Bob. We'll speak to Miss uh, Bergazzi when next we meet her and, and see if there was some sort of misunderstanding. Hmm. We may have been discussing something else with her. I, w I would certainly appreciate that as I've, I've uh, put down a very large down payment on her services that I was hoping would follow through from the meeting of yourselves. Definitely, most definitely. All right. So I'm going to leave too. Okay. Right. Um, I take it then, unless, is anyone deliberately staying behind or are you all filtering out? Yep. We're heading, hitting the door. Okay. Just, just, just some leaving. I'll, um, I'll just ask him. Um, that, that, that production you, you spoke about. Yes. Is it, that's, um, I'm, 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 I'm not a great literary man, but um, it's not the one with the 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 old man with the wax ears, is it? <laughs> um, no. There's a uh, there's a related piece. That's by Castain. Um, we were yet to put on a uh, more comprehensive uh, piece of it uh, called The Mask, um, which has certain wax appendages uh, that some of the actors use. Uh, but that, that may be where you're thinking of. Yes, Cast yes, yes. That's what I must be thinking. Cast Castain's work is very. Is very obscure. I would have thought that uh, surprised that surprised that you know of it. Oh, you know, one one finds oneself staying in these hotels in out of the way places, and it's it's astonishing some of the the, the things you you encounter when you're looking <laughs> for reading material. Yeah, he smiles. Mm -hmm. No, you're evidently a man of taste. <laughs> Thank you very much. Well, I, I won't keep you any longer. So as we're leaving, if we've left, as you mm -hmm. all picked up on the, that uh, Egmechi has obviously told him to get the hell out of town because of his obsession with getting rid of all the other cults within. I suspect that this one here has some sort of a entity that he taps into as well. We definitely heard an orchestra. Mm -hmm. I, might, I might have seen it. 
as the as Postgate comes and joins you in the lift, presumably heading down, just as the doors start closing, again you hear the strains of music start to a waltz start to come from that room again. He's I, I envision him opening a gateway or a, uh, using some sort of magical. I try not to make it obvious, but the room that I peeked into, I saw it looked like a woman in a full dress, like a gown, with this mask, white, no features. Hmm. She told me to hush it, and then she faded. We should, uh, uh, I know very little about the king in yellow. Perhaps we should, uh, Research it and see which entity is involved in this one. Well, that's what, that's why I was trying to hurry you all out of there, is because I saw that book on his nightstand. Hmm. So I suspect we either may have just gotten lucky and walked out of a trap. It just it just stunk the fact that I think I, I, was trying to set us up. Oh, I think that he might be actually quite honest. I think he met. She came to him a year ago and told him to get the hell out of his town because he's... Uh, you, you established that he was trying to get rid of all other cults besides the young Sothoth cult. That, that seems in line with what happened here. And in fact, Mechi is cloaked. Then we also know that this person can't see him. There, for some right. reason, he's here. It should be easy enough to find him, but you know, because we're operating on a different level here, we know Ekmechi is cloaked and this person can't find them. It's interesting that he could find us, but he found this through uh, Nurton, so. You know, Ian, I could tell what you were thinking. I'm not so sure now that I'm thinking about it, whether turning one cult against another cult isn't a bad idea. Just saying. If we can can, uh, lower the uh, collateral damage we could get them all to wipe one another out. That's always a good strategy. We'd only have to deal with one of them then. And again, it, it could draw them out into the open a little bit. They could make them more prone to make mistakes. The only problem with the idea is the fact that there does seem to be, and I coined the term loosely, magic involved in some of these people. Mm-hmm. And that's an unpredictable factor. We don't know what they're capable of. We have people who are able to vanish, people who are able to cloak, people who are able to, who knows what. And we are not. Perhaps I need to do more strong, some more stronger research with this uh, eye goal. If I can gain, let's discuss... When we get back, since it's seven, when we get back, if if I'm going to put myself into contacting this Daleth, and I can ask it yes or no questions, what sort of yes or no questions should I ask it, and and which questions will will provide the least? Apparently, there is a cost for asking questions if I ask the least amount of questions possible to find out the most information. Um, said are, I go. Are, are the Soviets behind the uh, atomic threat? Uh, 
it has to be very specific. Can't be vague at all. Or, you know, speaking of Igul and atomic threats, we might have some talking to do about that. Uh, I don't know if there is an atomic threat. An atomic threat. You're doubting whether uh, whether uh, Vladim's information is reliable at all. I don't think it is. I'll tell you more about it when we get back. Not here. It'll be interesting to find out if the fish people, if if I can convince them, if they even find a ship called the Heart of Havana. If it doesn't exist, then that's all hyperbole. Nonsense. Well, remember, we asked, I asked uh, Leighton at the CIA, I asked for a manifest. So I was trying to hope, I was hoping we could, we'd get to that tonight, but we kind of need to circle back down to see what our own agency's been doing with the information that I gave it. Right. If they can't find any record of the heart of Havana. Right. What I was trying to get to, I don't want to say much more, but I had a chat with H last night. You did. And what did H say? H offered me a deal. She, well, it's going to cost me something. I didn't accept it. I said I had to think about it. What, she's going to give you information? What's yeah. the cost? She seemed to lead to the fact that it's, she told me it's not a nuclear warhead. It's something else. She, she said she would share more information about it, but it would cost me a price personally. Now, she wants to sleep with you? What? What's the price? Uh, Spit uh, it out. It's a minute of my time. But she put the emphasis on my time. That's since we're time traveling fools here with being right, um, and the emphasis is on a minute of your time. A minute of your time time does not necessarily mean a minute in her time or sixty seconds, right? Yeah, it could Uh, be an eternity. It could be. I could become a gateway or some weird. You could be standing over a nuclear trigger and deciding not to blow up the world. And then she takes a minute of time and has you blow up the world. You know, we would have to shoot you. All right. I'm not opposed to that. I'm just wondering if it's worth, if this is a huge, huge thing, is it worth whatever this could be? To find it out. It could be it could be the linchpin. It could be what gives us the solution. In legend and story, it's always a trick. Yeah. The trick may be the trick may be that the answer is there's no nuclear bomb and it's all nonsense. And there's now you have to pay your your minute of Well, we can't make that decision for you. Well we're all doing things that we are risking our lives and our sanity. I thought I would get a variance of opinions to see what the thoughts are and your gut feeling. And we don't, you don't have to answer me now. You can mull it over. 
I'll say only this. And we can come back to it. If she uses that minute of time to force you to do something. Yeah, she's. It doesn't mean that we can't stop you from doing it. I, she said it wouldn't be me. It's like she hinted the fact that she'd be using me, but it wouldn't be me. Yeah. It sounded like possession. Yeah. Yeah, it does sound like possession. We could still stop you. Oh, I'll, Jacoby, I'll give you my gun. I wouldn't kill you. <laughs> I can just stop you. <laughs> anyway, right. think about it, fellas. I'll think about it too. Think about the questions I should ask. Yes, and we'll, we'll mull it over our. Uh, I guess I have questions. It's a long ride down then in the elevator. Maybe someone realizes after a while that you've been stood in there um, talking for a fair while and someone finally decides to push the button to the ground floor. Um, <laughs> the, um, the door finally opens, uh, except it's blocked um, pretty much from one side to the other. Um, by the rather large figure um, of your information dealer uh, that you met uh, previously. Um, uh, Majash. Majash. Yeah. Uh, who stood there in front of the doorway um, into, the, um, into the elevator on the ground floor, say in the lobby, standing there with a very big uh, grin as he leans on a um, leans on fairly sturdy cane. Gentlemen, would you like to join me for lunch? And we'll leave it there. Cool. We're going to finally get some information. (laughs) All right. Our players for this episode included Jeff Wilkins, Bill Mize, uh, Lucas Glasshauer, Mick Swan, and myself with Matthew Sanderson as the Keeper of the Secrets. Excuse me. We're currently producing four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to become a patron, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel for updates on our latest shows, and leave us some comments. We like reading them. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming.